always serving a fresh cup of daily inspiration, Deanna Hobbs. Today's inspiration is to admonish you to declare, I am convinced that God is able. To be convinced is to be completely certain, persuaded, and confident about your knowledge of something. And in a world full of uncertainty, instability, and upheaval, you can be fully confident that our great God is faithful, able to do all things. He will keep his promises and fulfill his word to you. Welcome to this your Friday, June 21st, 2019 edition of your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast. It's your friend here, Deanna Hobbs, founder of Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that distributes Christian resources worldwide to win souls to Christ and build up the faith of believers globally. I am flashing you the biggest smile and sending the warmest greetings ever live from Empowering Everyday Women Ministries studios right here in the city of Buffalo, New York. It is officially the first day of summer. Woohoo! And it is an overcast 61 degree morning here in the Queen City. And let me start out by saying I know somebody has been praying for me. The past few days, I have felt better than I have in two months. Thank you for holding me up in prayer, sowing into this kingdom ministry through empoweringeverydaywomen.com forward slash donate. You are assisting us in our global missions to help folks around the world, and you're streaming and downloading this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and other digital outlets, you are incredible, and we are partners in kingdom work. I am eager to release this word to you and send you into your weekend strong in faith, so let's quickly pray. God, thank you for another day and for your sweet presence. I ask that you anoint this word and deposit life-changing seeds of hope and encouragement into the heart of this precious individual you have sent to press play. In Jesus' name, amen. So on May 20th, my father, Bishop Joseph Brinson Sr., turned 84 years young. Yes, that deserves a round of applause. Isn't God good, Daily Cup family? The Lord has preserved his life. Although dad is no longer pastoring here in the city, he is still very active in ministry in Atlanta, Georgia, where he and my mom now live. I do miss them not being here in Buffalo, I have to be honest. But I know relocating to that warmer southern climate is much better for dad, and they are enjoying their new life there. If you know my father, aside from being a staunch man of faith, a gospel preacher, and the coolest, 84-year-old I know, by the way. He was also very strict when I was growing up. I did not appreciate that then because I wanted more freedom. I couldn't receive phone calls from boys until I was 16. I also could not formally date until I was 17. Thanks a lot, Dad. So one day when I was in high school, Daily Cup family, I was about 16 at the time. After class let out and I was walking down the hallway, I heard one of my male classmates calling out after me. He was a well-known player in school. He talked to all the girls, so I wasn't special or anything. I just happened to be there. So he used his best pickup lines on me and said many flattering things that did not quite interest me because I knew his nature. And besides, I wasn't allowed to date, so I did not even turn around or acknowledge him. I just kept on walking. But by not stopping, I apparently bruised his ego because all those compliments quickly changed. He called me everything but a child of God, and I cannot 
not repeat some of what he said, but let's just say it was not very nice. Every flattering thing was replaced with a mean-spirited, condescending, demeaning comment. He took back all that fake affection because he didn't get the response from me that he wanted. Here's the point. Some believers treat God like that teenage boy treated me in high school. They speak well of the Lord and praise him and follow him. That is, until he does not respond the way they want him to. Then they take all that praise, all that adoration and devotion and commitment back. But God is challenging you to be faithful in affliction so he can use you and release all the blessings he reserves for the committed believer. An excellent example of commitment is found in 2 Timothy 1. I was reading it early this morning and 2 Timothy is the final letter that Paul wrote to his protege Timothy in verses 11 through 12 in the New International Version. This is what Paul said. Of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able. I could shout on that and end the podcast right there. (laughs) My, my, my. I am convinced, Paul said, that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Man, would you listen to that defiant faith? And it's so remarkable because at this period in history, when Paul penned this letter, he was imprisoned for the second time in Rome because Christians were being persecuted under the Roman government. And he wrote these words at a low point just before his death. Paul, before he gave his life to Christ, was a highly respected Hebrew man. He kept all the customs and traditions of Judaism. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. He was also a Pharisee, meaning he was part of the esteemed Jewish scholarly sect that interpreted Jewish law. He persecuted Christians, which was viewed as a noble thing to do before he came to the realization that Christ truly was the Redeemer and prophesied Messiah. Now, Paul was an outcast. He was in a completely different situation. And he said in his final letter to Timothy that he had been abandoned by everyone in Asia. All his allies in the faith deserted him. He was in chains and couldn't go anywhere and had no hope of release from prison. And yet he said, I know in whom I believe and I am convinced he is able. You see, those statements are even more powerful when you look at them in context, aren't they? He knew that God was with him, that God would sustain him, that God would not let the seeds of the gospel Paul had planted through his missionary work die without producing a harvest. And he knew that despite his natural shackles, he was spiritually free. Paul knew that when his work on earth was done, God would receive him into his heavenly kingdom. As you see, Paul's confidence was not contingent upon his situation. He believed God all the time, in every season. And that's what God wants from you and me. I know you might be going through, but that's all right. When you live for Christ, you have to know that you will become the target of the enemy. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He will attack you. But suffering for Christ's sake is an honor. We don't take back our confession of faith and we don't renege on our commitment to God in the midst of trouble. We double down on our testimony. We declare, I know in whom I believe. And Paul was convinced because he had already seen God do the miraculous many times. I mean, think about it. He's the same Paul who got locked up with Silas in Acts 16, 19 through 40 for casting the 
that demon out of a female slave who had made a whole lot of money for her owner just telling fortunes. Remember that? And they were thrown in prison where they still sang praises to God in shackles. Have I got anybody who still has a praise on your lips and a song in your heart in the midst of trouble? Well, the word of the Lord says when Paul and Silas were praising, the very foundations of the prison were shaken and everyone's chains were loose. Everybody got a breakthrough. Everybody got free. So Paul had some historical context. Your memory is one of your most effective weapons against the attack of the enemy. When you can think about what God did in the past, you know that the same God who did it back then is able to do it again. Paul knew that the same God who broke him out of prison in the book of Acts is the same God who allowed him to be stuck in prison in 2 Timothy. In both situations, God still got the glory. In both situations, Paul still remained full of faith. In both situations, Paul refused to take back his testimony. In both situations, Paul knew in whom he believed and remained confident that God is able. Listen, Satan can't do anything with a convinced believer. Even during this final prison sentence in 2 Timothy 4.18, which is what I'm stirring into your cup of inspiration, Paul still said, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. Come on and preach, Paul. And will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. As you drink down the contents of your cup, it's all right if you're going through something difficult. Go ahead and boast in the Lord anyhow. Remain convinced that he will do what he does better than anybody else ever could and rescue you from every evil attack. He will make a way out of no way. He will shift things in your favor. And when it's all said and done, God will get the glory and your testimony will be he has won the victory again. Now let's pray. God, I pray for the confidence of this, my sister, this, my brother. If the enemy has been attempting to bruise and batter them, hoping they would lose faith, let them be fortified through your word. For your word tells us in Hebrews 10 35, not to throw away our confidence because it will be richly rewarded. So I thank you for the blessings, favor, and breakthrough that will flow to them as they place their full trust in you. In Jesus' name we rejoice. Amen. Your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast has been brought to you by Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, where we help fuel your faith every day. For more information, log on to www.deannahobbs.com.